right, why don't you high five the person next to you, take your seats. Thank you, team. You're wonderful. We are all in it. We just had our women's conference fashioned. We had an incredible time. Any, any girls go to fashioned? It was, it was one for the books. We had an, an amazing, did you love it? Did you have a good time? I'm just so excited to hear about the stories now and the aftermath of conference. And it was powerful and we had a great time together. But guess what? Fashion is already behind us. It's time to move on. We're going to go to different places now. And um, we're ready for whatever God has for us. Cool? All right. So we are in week two of this series called Reconciled. Jake, uh, you know, opened up this series last week, did a phenomenal job, incredible communicator. And so this week I'm going to be giving expression to Reconciled. And basically Reconciled is a bunch of disjointed things that come together as one. Whatever is fractured, whatever is broken, whatever is apart, there is an, an opportunity for those things to come together as one. So the title of my message this morning is called The Best About Together. The Best About Together. I want to share a story. When I was in fifth grade, um, I had a teacher called Mr. Cordero, and I, I liked this teacher. Not like that. I just, I, I thought he was a cool teacher. Okay. He was, uh, you know, it was my first male teacher, and I was like, whoa, this is different. This is kind of cool. So I remember um, it was his birthday coming up. And um, I, the, the idea occurred to me, I'm like, we should throw the, our teacher a birthday party. Let's throw him a birthday party. And, you know, let's take it even further and, and, and let's make it a surprise birthday party. So um, I was like, okay, well, let me just put all my ideas together and strategize how we can do this. And back then there was no texting, no emailing, no any of that, you know. We were, it was just pen and paper. And so I remember I wrote a letter and said, uh, dear students, <laughs> um, I, I would like to throw Mr. Cordero a birthday party, a surprise birthday party. If you would like to participate, um, write your name down the bottom of this letter and bring a dollar fifty so we can buy him a cake. <laughs> I feel like I was meant to bring people together. I feel like my mandate, my mantra in life is to just bring people together. I feel like I get to do this every Sunday, every, you know, my weeks compile of me just bringing people together. I, I love it. And, and so we, we, I, I collected $1.50 from, from 32 kids in the class at lunchtime. And we had this plan. We're going to get a cake. I got my mom involved in the plans. She went and bought the cake. And then uh, she came to the school and she talked to the principal. And she asked the principal on the, the intercom, like, you know, bring, have him come down and um, stall him for about 10 minutes. And then, uh, you know, while the kids prepare the classroom for this party. So he came down and the principal called him down to the office. And the principal never even saw, he, he told me later on that he was sitting outside the principal's office. No one spoke to him. He had no idea what was going on. He thought he was going to lose his job. Meanwhile, we're like preparing a party for him. So the principal comes out. He's like, oh, you're good. You can go up now. He's like, what was that? So he goes upstairs, opens the door, and we're like, surprise. He's like, what is this? We had a party, a surprise birthday party for my teacher in fifth grade. I, I truly believe that that is just 
what I'm called to do to bring people together, whether it's to celebrate someone or to celebrate a cause or to initiate a cause or to, you know, just bring, just love the thought of bringing people together. And I think that when you reconcile something, you know, that whether that's in your heart or exteriorly, you're actually giving that thing the power of together. You're giving it a platform for the things that are broken in your life to just not be broken anymore. And I believe community is that thing in our church. I believe community, we have the opportunity as a church to not be a bunch of strangers that, you know, hi, nice to meet you, and then leave. No, we have the opportunity as, as a company of people to go from strangers to family. We just go all in. We, we, we just go, okay, I don't know you, but now you're my family. Let's do this. I believe there's so much power in community. And if we want to achieve our goals and if we want to step into the vision that God has for us as a church, I believe we have to do it together. We have to do it, not apart or as strangers or the collective bunch down the front. This front row, they've paid a price to sit on the front row. They're not, ex- they're not you know, privileged. I mean, they're here, but they had to pay a price to be here. And I think we all have to pay a price at one point of our life. If you want to live an extraordinary life, you have to be willing to pay a price to live that life. And many of these people, they're not favored. We love them. We love you too. But they're just going, hey, we, we want to do this with you. So what does that look like? Yeah, okay, well, let's start with, with um, your commitment and let's start with <clears throat> pushing you and let's start with walking alongside you and challenging you. <clears throat> Excuse me. And this whole vision is not going to be accomplished by just the front row, but this is all of us together. I said it last week. I said, when you come into this place, come into this place feeling like God wants to use you because he does. He's not only wanting to use what's happening here. This is just a vessel and an instrument to get the, a job done, but there's more work to be done. And the more of us that put our hands up and we go and we dive in, and we do it together as a family, oh my gosh, I, I, I don't think we would be able to contain what God is going to do in our buildings. So let's talk about community because I know some of you have a perception of community and you might be scared about coming into community. You probably walk into this place and you do the, you know, the, the, you know, the hour and 15 minute thing here and then you sprint out because you just don't want anyone to talk to you. You just don't want it because you're, you're church hurt, you're shy, you're scared. And I always say this up here because I know it always hits home for someone. I am the most, like, I, this opportunity to do what I do, like, I never, I never sought after that opportunity, this opportunity. This is so well and truly outside of my gifting. I'm an introvert by nature. I get charged up alone. Thank you for clarifying that statement, Josh. He's like, okay, I, what are you, extrovert or introvert? I'm like, I'm an introvert. I'm like, what does that even mean? He's like, it basically means that you either get refueled by yourself or you get refueled by being with people. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm, a, I'm an introvert. And I was like, that's okay. But there comes a time, it comes a point in your life where you have to go, I'm this, but in order to do this, I have to do this. 
Do you know what I mean? I think you have to be willing to do something that you're not used to or that you're, not, you're uncomfortable with so that we can do this. And it takes a lot of us, like, diving into uncharted waters because I'm doing it scared. Do it scared. You think, I'm, I, I, you think I do this living, you know, we're living on a prayer. We're living in faith. Like, this is scary stuff. But I'm like, I'm a little bit ahead in the journey. I can do it. You can do it. Let's go. Let's go, family. Let's do this. So let's talk about community. Is this okay? Matthew 5.23 says, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there, remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there. In front of the altar, first go and be reconciled to them and come and offer your gift. We serve a relational God. We serve a relational God. It's not religion. It's not about action. It's not about doing methodical things every single day that's going to gain us into like God's like favorite space. It's not about that. He is a relational God. So therefore, if he's a relational God, he wants for us to be relational. You can't do this on your own. You can't isolate yourself. And I know in an environment like this, you're going to have to reconcile some things. You're going to have to reconcile that we're going to be your family. And we're going to love you. And we're going to do this together. But you're going to have to put your part in as well. Before you can step in to everything that God has for you, you need to leave it there and go, I'm going to step out. I'm going to take care of, I'm going to sort some stuff out. I'm going to take care of business. And then I'm going to pick up my gift and I'm going to give it before God. We have to reconcile the fact that we need community. And that's point number one. Reconcile the need for community. This is the best about together. Colossians, oh, sorry, Matthew 18, 20. I hear Des in the crowd. You hear? I love you. Desiree, she's, she was one of the first girls that walked into our church and made people church her home. Yes. And she, and yes, she's, we love her. Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three gathered in my name, there I am with them. You can do it alone. You can do it by yourself, but God is a relational God. He's like, invite me. Let me in. Let me stand alongside. Let me do this with you. We're two or more. And that's with God, right, in the picture. But he's saying in this, is it lateral relationship, horizontal relationship? Wait, vertical relationship, horizontal relationship. Get it together, girl. <laughs> he's saying where two or more are gathered, his spirit is there. I'm a relational God. I want to I love you. I want to do this together with you. But I want you to do it together this way too. You need to reconcile the fact that you need community. You cannot do it alone. You shouldn't do it alone. You shouldn't. You'll die just out there on your own. Come in. Scoot into community. Just scoot. And some of you just aren't like fighting that urge. But just, just scoot anyway. Okay. Number two, we clash, we reconcile. We clash, we reconcile. We clash, we reconcile. We're going to fight. We're going to argue. We're going to disagree. We're going to have moments where you want to punch each other in the face. That's what family does. You just, you know, you, 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 you reconcile. Hash it out. Put it on the table. 
The first, and I love who said this, Nadia. She's like, the first person that says I'm sorry wins the fight. That's how you reconcile. We're going to clash. We're not going to get along all the time. But it doesn't mean that we don't love you and we don't like you. And it's the same for you. You have to reconcile. Say you're sorry. There was a wrong that was made. Own up to it. Extreme ownership. I mean, how, how hard is it to just go, well, maybe it is hard. Because if it's a pride thing, you got to go sort that out with God. But you should be able, for the sake of, uh, of preserving the relationship with the person, you should be able to say you're sorry. And it should come out of your mouth like a flipping missile because you want to preserve the, the relationship. We clash, we're going to reconcile, okay? Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you forgive. We had a panel across fashion conference and one of our girls said, I asked them, I'm like, okay, if there's one piece of advice that you can give to the girls um, and it's the last thing they ever heard, what would it be? And she simply said, forgive. Forgive. The, The lack of forgiveness that we have to people in our world is drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. We have to forgive. You have to let go. But that was what that person did to me was so hard and it was hurtful and it was it was too much and I can't handle it and I can't move. I'm stuck there. You know what community does? Goes, hey, listen, I get it. You're hurt. You're in a really bad place, but you know you can get up out of this. And I'm gonna take you by the hand and I'm gonna say, come on, just one step, one one baby step. Can you do that? I think I can do that. Come on, let's go together. One baby step. Another step. Yeah, I think I can do that. Let's go. You've done two. Can you maybe do two now at once? I think I can do that. That's what community does. I want to talk to all the relational people in the room. Any blues here? Okay, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you got to go to growth track. We actually have week one of growth track happening this Wednesday. You can register for growth track by the forward. What's that thing? Slash command growth track. If you've never been, I, and, and we're changing it up a little bit, so we're going to have it up in the breezeway. It's kind of like a bit of a party scene. You're going to meet Chris and I and some of our team, and we're just going to go there, okay? So if you want to know about uh, what I'm talking about in terms of, she's talk, you know, colors, uh, you, you'll, you'll know once you go to growth, tra- growth track. Anyway, any blues in the house? All the blues in the room, you have uh, emotional intelligence. Have you ever been told that? When you, when you walk into a room, you're like, oh, what? It, I feel something. I'm picking up something in the room. The emotional antennas are going. You feel things and you process things through your feelings. So like you probably feel like you word vomit a lot because you're trying to sort out what you're feeling. That's okay. That's, that's a God-given thing. And, you know, if you're yellow, red, you know, uh, what's the other one, purple, you're good too. But I want to talk to the relational people because often you feel like you, relational people cower because of the other personalities that take over a room. And they're like, oh, they're the big person. I just love, I just love people. Well, yes, you love people and we need you to love people. We need you to sense things. We need you to feel the temperature of the room so you can step in and call what needs to be called out. 
We need you in the foyer connecting with people because you do that very well. You might be introvert. I'm a blue, you know, I'm relational, but I'm introvert. But again, it's pushing the boundaries of your personality so God can use you. So I want to like affirm the blues in the house today. Relational, you have, you have emotional intelligence. Use, put that in the hands of God so you can become a weapon for his house. And let's kill this community thing in the good way. <laughs> let's not kill it, you know. But let's, let's build this. And we need you. We need you to step up. We need you to, to speak out. We need the promptings that the Holy Spirit give you in your spirit and your heart. We need those things to shape and form the atmosphere that you might be feeling there's adversity you know, you can bring, uh, there's, there might be opposition, you know, and this is highly spiritual too, I believe, without getting too into it. You have the power to shape a room through what you bring. Because you're feeling it, you can change it. So I want to endorse and I want to empower you as your pastor. Go Team Blue. Okay? Okay. Um, number three, am I on number three? Yeah. Being in community will show you. You're like, show me what? No, being in community will show you. It will either show you like everything around and the limitless possibilities and potential around you, or it's going to show you. And you're like, oh, I need to, I need, I need to learn some things. I've got some growth things that I'm, that I'm, I'm needing to really break through. I'm needing community and a leader in my life to help me sort through these things because community, they're not there to be like, ha ha, look at this. You're, you're a loser. No, it's not there to do those things. It's actually there to go, look, you're better. There's more. There is so much more, and that's community. I know that when you go out there and you're with your families who, you know, might not necessarily know what this environment is like, it's a tough, it's a battle because you go and you're like, I have faith, but you don't have faith, and I'm going through something, but you can't. It's just very hard, but you love them because of your family, and you're navigating that tension, and that's fine, but then you can lean on those relationships because they're good and they love you. However, coming into an environment like this, you get the best of both worlds. You get family and you get faith. You get challenged, but you also gain expectancy for more. This is what the church is. We champion the cause in you. We fan the flame and we just go, let's go. God has something on you. There's more for you because community will see that on you and they're going to call it out. They're going to fan the flame. They're going to champion you. We're not going to like compare, be jealous or go, oh, you can't do that. That's not allowed here. No, we're like, can we do it? Can we ask for, for forgiveness over permission? That's our model. We're like, if it's not against the law <laughs> and, you know, you feel like, and it makes sense and it aligns with your purpose, like, sometimes you got to take a chance and take a risk and put God's word in motion in your life. Community is there to show you. 1 John 1, 7 says, but if you walk in light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all our sin. We walk together in light. There's no darkness there. It's like everything's exposed. Come as you are. Come with all the baggage. Come with all the brokenness. We're not going to put the light on it to be like, oh. We're actually going to be like, yes, we're going we're gonna to go there. 
We're walking in light together. We're not casting shadows over relationships here. We're exposing the light. We're turning the flashlight on. We're beaming that thing because we're going to do this in the light. Number four, love is the high road. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times, but a brother is born for a time of adversity. When you're walking through these doors, don't think that life is just going to be peach and rosy, peachy and rosy. It's not. I would be selling you a lie if I did. Oh, your life's going to just be perfect now that you're here. No. If anything, sometimes the things in life start to ramp up. The, the challenges of life start to like, you know, they, they really start to try to overtake. They start trying to, to, to suffocate the life that you're trying to walk in. But, you know, we, we, we sometimes think, oh, that's just the enemy and he's just trying to get me. Yeah, he's going to capitalize on any opportunity. He's going to pounce on any opportunity he can because he's trying to take the glory for your life. This is a glory struggle. He's wanting to stand on the pedestal of your life and go, hey, I got this. This is all me. It's been a struggle for him since day one. He wants God's glory. So he's going to try to steal it from you. He wants all of the glory. He wants it. And that's a thought, isn't it? And I just, I feel like in this place, like the adversity that we encounter, sometimes God is just shaking things up because he wants to bring things up to the surface and he wants to wipe it clean. All hell breaks loose when you make a commitment. You know, sometimes God is just going, hey, I got this, but I'm going to shake it a little bit because I need things to fall. I need, I need things that you depend on to just be removed. And I want to replace them with better things. We're, we're a family. We're family. I, I just want to share one thing and I'll, I'll be done in a few, few minutes. But in Hebrews 11.31, by the act of faith, Rahab, the Jericho harlot, welcomed the spies and escaped the destruction that came to those who refused to trust God. So these two guys, uh, Joshua sent these two spies out to, into Jericho. They snuck in and they found refuge. There was this woman named Rahab and she's like, hey, you, you, I heard about your God. And I know he's, he's, he's coming for us. And I know he's about to take everything from us. But if, if I give you safety and if, and if I offer you refuge, um, will you spare me and my family? And they're like, Joshua 2, we'll pick it up here. Now then, Please swear, this is her talking. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and my mother and my brothers and my sister and all who belong to them and that you will be safe and that you will save us from death. Thank you. Now, this, is, this is what I really want to capitalize. Verse 14, our lives for your lives. The men assured her, if you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. Our lives for your lives? Our lives for your, you've invited us into your home and we're going to give equally as much as you're willing to equally give. Your life for my life? I want to create an environment in church where people go, I'm going to give my life because they've given their life. It's not 50%, it's 100%. My life for your life? 
Let's do this. I believe we have the opportunity. And this, there's so much more to the story, you know. The, the, the Israelites came and they let out a shout. Ah! And the, the walls of Jericho came crumbling down. Rahab's house was built up against the gate. And everything fell except her home. When that shout was released, her home was spared. Her home was spared. And I believe in this place as you come and as you go all in and you give God every, every mistake, every burden, every piece of, of, of lack of trust that you have, anything and everything that you have, you go all in. Someone will meet you on the other side. Jesus will meet, he's already met you, but community, the church will come in and meet you. And I dare say that on the other side of you going all in for Jesus, your family, your friends, those that you love, that you're believing God wholeheartedly to be saved, they will be saved. They will come to know Jesus in Jesus' name. Things will shake, things will move, but your house will stand because you have, you have the word of the Lord. You have the promise of God. All you got to do is keep saying yes to Jesus.